At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Last year, I did the same re-release. This year, at first, I wasn't going to do it again. But after scrolling through social media on September 11th and the days following, when in years past there would be a ton of posts remembering what happened, this year, I barely saw anything. A random post or two mixed in with a feed that seemed very normal and routine for everyone else. Almost like people are starting to forget. I really hope that isn't happening. Point is, with this one, both for new listeners and people that have been around for a while with this show, I believe I will re-release this every year, unless I find some new media involved with it. I have found some stuff, but don't think it's quite enough for a full episode, and none of it is as impactful as this. Let's not forget this. Let's not let it fall behind in your thoughts. The bravery and sacrifice of everyone involved that day should never be forgotten. And don't worry. A new episode will be released here in the next day or two. This isn't replacing the episode for this week. It's going to be an addition. I was working second shift at the time. I just got off work a little before 11 p.m., the normal time. A few of us would tend to stand around in the parking lot chatting for a few when we were done with work. It took time to wind down after a shift in the roughly 45-minute drive home, so it was not odd for me to still be up at 2 or 3 a.m. on most nights. I was woke up, which was early for me the next morning, from a phone call. It was my granddad. Brandon, turn on the news. We're under attack. That was the morning of September 11th, 2001. Okay. Hello? Sure, that's fine. But 
Air traffic control out of Boston, trying to reach American Airlines Flight 11. American 11, if you hear Boston Center, I dent. Several attempts at raising American Flight 11 on the radio were unsuccessful. American Airlines emergency line, please state your emergency. Hey, this is Nitty American Airlines calling. I am monitoring a call in which Flight 11, the flight attendant is advising our reps that the pilot, everyone's been stabbed. Flight 11? They can't get into the cockpit is what I'm hearing. Okay, who's this I'm talking to? Excuse me, this is the American Airlines at the Raleigh Reservation Center. I'm the operations specialist on duty. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Nidia. Nidia. And what's your last name? Gonzalez, G-O-N-C-A-L-E-Z. Raleigh Reservations, okay. I have a flight attendant on the line with one of our agents. Okay. And she's calling how? Through reservation. I can go in on the line and ask the flight attendant questions. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm assuming they've declared an emergency. Let me get ATC on here. Stand by. Got any contact with anybody? Okay, I'm still on with security, okay, Betty? You're doing a great job. Just, just stay calm, okay? We are, absolutely. Okay, we're contacting the flight crew now, and we're, all con uh, we're also contacting ATC. Okay. Anything else from the flight attendant? Um, so far, what I've got, the number five flight attendant's been stabbed, but she seems to be breathing. The number one seems to be stabbed pretty badly, and she's lying down on the floor. They don't know whether she's conscious or not. The other flight attendants are in the back, um, and that's as far as I know. It seems like the passengers in the coach might not be aware of what's going on right now. These two passengers were from first class. Okay, hold on. Hey, Betty, do you know any information as far as the gentlemen that are in the cockpit with the pilots? Were they from first class? They were sitting in 2A and B. Okay. They are in the cockpit with the pilots. Who's helping them? Is there a doctor on board? Is there a doctor on board, Betty, that's helping you guys? You don't have any doctors on board? Okay. So you've gotten all the first-class passengers out of first class? Have they taken 
taking everyone out of first class? Yeah, she's just saying that they have during coach. What's going on, honey? Okay, the aircraft is erratic again. Bobbing very erratically. She did say that all the first class passengers have to move back to coach. So first class, the cabin is empty. What's going on on your end, Craig? Uh, we contacted air traffic control. They are going to handle this as a confirmed hijacking. So they're moving all the traffic out of this aircraft's way. Okay. Uh, he turned his transponder off, so we don't have a definitive altitude for him. Uh, we're just going by. They, they seem to think that they have him on a primary radar. They seem to think that he is descending. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Lydia? Yes, dear, I'm here. Okay. I have the dispatcher currently taking the current fuel on board, uh -huh. and uh, we're going to run some profiles Okay. to see exactly what his endurance is. Okay. She doesn't have an idea who the other passenger might be in first. Apparently they might have spread something, so it's, it's um, they're having a hard time breathing or getting in that area. What's going on, Betty? Betty, talk to me. Betty, are you there? Betty? Winston, do you think you lost her? Okay, so we'll, let, we'll stay open. We, I think we might have lost her. Okay. After several minutes of attempting to contact American Flight 11, they finally get on the air. 30 minutes, is that American 11 trying to call? Buddy, we have some claims. Just stay quiet and you'll be okay. We are turning to the airport. And uh, who's trying to call me here? American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody move. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any move, you'll danger yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. SOC, Ray Holland. Ray Holland, Nancy Wyatt, uh, Boston Flight Service. Yes. Okay, we've got the flight attendants on the line here. You do have them on the line? On the plane, yeah. Can you conference them in with us? I have no idea how to do that. If you can help me out. Um, hold, uh, he's getting some information here. Uh, I'm going to read his notes for you. Um, it looks like uh, he's Middle Eastern. He speaks no English. He was in 10B, 10 Baker, 9 D and G. Speaks no, speaks no English. Uh, the plane's in a rapid descent. Uh, is the cockpit still? Yeah. Okay, the flight attendants are concerned they don't know what's going on in the cockpit. Are you in con contact with them? No, we're not. That's true. We're, we're trying to get in contact with the cockpit. Okay. No, you feel like you're Okay. Uh, we don't really want to tell her that. Okay, don't. Okay. Okay, got it. Okay, there, um, we're not sure. Um, okay, it looks like there is severe bleeding that, uh, okay. he's keeping them, keeping her on the line. Um, there's severe bleeding, there's a slashed throat, 
Michael, is that severe? Is that last a flight attendant? Boston Flight Service has another one of the flight attendants on the phone here. Boston Flight Service. You lost okay. it? Yeah, okay, we lost the other one, so I really need okay. to get on the phone with her. Something's wrong. Uh, it's Amy, Amy Sweeney's on the phone. Amy Sweeney? Yeah, she's a number nine. Okay. And he's having trouble talking to her right now. All right, these are the two that are injured. Amy? 25. She started screaming and saying something's wrong, and now he's having trouble. Okay. Now he thinks he might be disconnected. Okay, we just lost um, connection. Lost the connection. Yeah. Something's wrong with the airplane? Yeah. In other words, she said something's wrong. She's not flying they're not in the cockpit. Okay, they're in the back of the plane. They're in the back of the airplane? Yeah, they're in the back of the airplane. They're not... Oh, the hijackers are in the cockpit. Oh, oh no. Okay, they're in the cockpit. Hey, Craig. Craig. They're saying the hij they're in the cockpit. Listen, look to see when the next flight to Kennedy is, just in case we're going to Kennedy so we can be ready. Again, if you lost uh, track of the aircraft, over. Boston has lost track, and on our frequency, we have confirmed that it was a hijack. That's on the tapes. Yeah, New York confirms we've lost the track as well, and we were uh, we got a report of an ELT in the area that the track was in. Kennedy Tower reports. Are you serious? Kennedy Tower reports that there was a fire at the World Trade Center. And that's, uh, that's the area where we lost the airplane. Anybody know what that smoke is in Lower Manhattan? I'm sorry, say again? A lot of smoke in Lower Manhattan. A lot of smoke in Lower Manhattan? Coming out of the uh, top of the World Trade Center building, a major fire. Yeah. At this point, no one outside the aviation world knew what was going on. And even then, there were very few, even in that field, that knew what happened for sure. On the ground, reports start flowing in from various emergency responders. Battalion 
Sky One is also sending the whole consignment on this box to that area, okay? Trade time. 10-4. Third law 
bomb has been transmitted by 8087, the number one World Trade Center. 5-5 five, five to Manhattan. Engine 5-5 five, five to Manhattan. Engine 5-5. Five, five. You please have ambulances respond to West Street. We have several injured uh, people on uh, West Street here. 10-4 to Manhattan. 10-4 to Manhattan, Jay. 10 to Manhattan. This is obviously when the first plane hit. Word had not immediately gotten out that this had happened. News stations started picking up that something had happened, but it was all speculation. Some said a small plane. Some said it was a missile. But everyone knew from the video playing right in front of their eyes that the World Trade Center was burning. And the world started tuning in. Credit card or other debts? Just log on. Yeah. This, Justin, you were looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. The CNN Center right now is just beginning to work on this story, obviously calling our sources and trying to figure out exactly what happened, but clearly something relatively devastating happening this morning there on the south end of the island of Manhattan. That is, once again, a picture of one of the towers of the World Trade Center. We can see these pictures. It's obviously uh, something devastating has happened. And again, unconfirmed report that a plane has crashed into one of the towers there. We are efforting more information on this subject as it becomes available to you. That was when CNN first cut in, and they did cut in, as you could hear, right in the middle of a commercial. Interviews with people on the street watching this, aviation experts, anyone who could possibly have knowledge on how this could be happening, were being contacted and put it on the air. This is all the way that this was running. Meanwhile, on the ground and behind the scenes, police, firemen, and the dispatchers were going at a feverish pace. Calls were flowing in from both the ground and the people that were trapped in the towers. Firemen, in the face of unheard danger, were walking up flights of steps at this point trying to reach the fire when most people were trying to get as far away from it as possible. Police on the streets were trying to help the injured, trying to orchestrate their own rescues, and trying to formulate how this could have happened. The dispatchers at this point were rolling faster than anyone could have ever imagined. You could hear in the radio traffic with the fire department that was just played. There were a lot of units asking for a lot of info and even more additional resources. The dispatcher is not simply replying to the units calling him. He's also talking with other dispatchers around him, organizing the subsequent alarms, the ambulances, setting up staging areas, and also likely has a set of supervisors standing right on top of him to gain info to send to their higher-ups, all while being on the phone, calling, making notifications, or fielding questions from other people of what happened. In addition... Imagine, if you can, being a call taker during this time. It's a normal, clear September morning. Likely not much past rush hour traffic accidents and other routine calls taking place. Phone lines were acting normally. And then you hear the notification for backed up 911 calls. You look at the queue and the numbers keep going up and up and they don't stop. The first call you take saying, I just saw a plane crash into the World Trade Center would instantly get your adrenaline pumping. Minutes into the madness, still trying to grasp 
the severity of the situation, the second plane hits. You have a second plane into the other tower of the tower of the Trade Center, major fire. Crawford David, uh, Marine 6 advising a second plane into the World Trade Center, okay? Marine 6, that's the other tower. That's the second tower of the World Trade Center, okay? Manhattan calling Carl 4 David, Ken. Okay. Manhattan calling Carl 4 David. Carl 4 David, Manhattan. Alright, be advised, you're reporting a second plane. Okay, crashed into the second tower. Be advised on the 83rd floor. Room 8311, we have people trapped. Room 8311, 83rd floor. Carl 4 David, acknowledge. Carl 4 David, 10 4. Marine 6 to Manhattan. Marine 6, go with you, man. Division 3 to Manhattan. Go ahead, 
Division 3 to Manhattan. Division 3, go with your men. Are we being assigned to any of these uh, boxes down at the World Trade Center? Affirmative, Division 3, continuing. Right, 10-4, Division 3 to Manhattan. Uh, call the uh, car 4, David, who's ever on the scene, do they want to institute a recall due to, these, uh, due to the incident, okay? Man, call car 4, David. Manhattan calling call for David. Division 3 to Manhattan. Division 3, Did you give me the box that I'm being assigned to, Cape? Work on the city, right? Work on Manhattan. Division 3, you're going to 2 World Trade Center. Boxes 9990. Okay. Division 3, 10-4. Units call Manhattan one at a time, okay? Division 1 to Manhattan. One engine, go. Division 1 to Manhattan. All incoming units to World 1 and World 2 Trade Center are to bring additional cylinders. Engine 1, uh, repeat that, Kay, you're totally unreasonable. Division 1 to Manhattan, all responding units responding into number 1 and number 2 World Trade Center are to bring additional cylinders with them. Right. All units stand by and less urgent in the fall of Manhattan. All units responding into number 1 World Trade Center and number 2 World Trade Center. Bring all additional SDBA bottles to the front of the building. All units responding to box 8087 and 99 and 98, number one and number two World Trade Center, bring your extra SDBA bottles to the front of the building. As for the division, other units call them in hand. What's for the Manhattan case? No problem, gang. Hostile car reports to bring a vehicle in front of the American Express building on West Street by orders of Chief Ingram. Thank you. Four truck to Manhattan, Kate. Four truck, Kate. Right, one three one to Manhattan. Three one stand by. Four truck, Kate. Tower, would you like us to respond into? Tower 1 or Tower 2, K? Four truck, go to 2 World Trade Center, K. Four truck, 10-4. 131, K. Right on 131. Other unit call in at. Bring up all your extra SDBA bottles, okay? 10-4. Right, 
Division 3 to Manhattan. Uh, I can't pick up the, box, the units that you're assigned to my fifth alarm. Have you got it in the computer yet, Kay? Affirmative. They should be on there now. Do you want to run down? Well, let me try one more time in the computer, because all I'm getting is like five units. I'll, I'll get back to you in a second. saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to badlandsranch.com mc901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to badlandsranch.com slash mc911 today. It was about this time as I was watching the smoke billowing out of now both of the towers that I wondered if my own center was experiencing any additional problems. I called work to see if they needed any extra people. Surprisingly, no. Just like most other places not directly affected by the planes, everyone sat glued to their TV all staring in disbelief at what was being broadcast in real time, at home, at work, in schools. This meant there were very few people calling the police in Nashville and really almost any other city. A reporter from New York ABC affiliate Channel 7 is just setting up when this happens. 
two. Take two and two, one. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. The fire department, as you heard, was standing right next to the reporter when this happened. They started making their calls on the radio at this point. Something that is bone chilling to hear as a dispatcher. Amazingly, this is not from a firefighter. Can anybody hear me? I'm a civilian. I'm trapped inside of one of the fire trucks underneath the collapse that just happened. Stand by, there's people close to you. I can't breathe much longer. Save me. I'm in a camp in the truck. Hey, person transmitting the Mayday. Where are you, Kay? I just told you. If you look at the World Trade Center, there's a North Pedestrian Bridge. I think it collapsed when that partial building just collapsed. I was on the street. I don't have much air. Please, help me. This is too up to so far. I copy that. I'm going to go look for it. 10-4. I had a field con. Urgent, Kay. I can barely breathe! Please save 
urgent calls for help. Listen to me. You need to calm down and relax. Stand by. We do have somebody on the way. You know, maintain air. Get off the air. We do have somebody on the way over to you. You know, remain calm. 10-4. 10-4. I'm in the camp of the truck. 10-4. We do have people on the way over there. Banana field, calm. Urgent check. 10-4-3. Stand by. Banana field, calm. Urgent. Commander, feel calm. Feel calm, go. Alright, Manhattan Division 1 1. Alright, any other unicorn Manhattan? Manhattan, feel calm, okay. Everybody try to calm down. Manhattan to field calm, Kate. Okay. Right, Manhattan Division, Manhattan to, uh... Manhattan to... Manhattan to car nine, urgent. Manhattan to car nine, urgent. Alright, Manana, any unit operating at the 5th along West Street and Liberty Street at tower number 2, any unit came. <laughs> any unit operating at number 2 World Trade Center at the collapse, contact Manhattan by radio forthwith. Calling Manhattan. 
1,600 911 calls were placed from either in or directly around the towers. All of those 911 calls have been recorded and released, but the callers' voices have been removed out of respect for their families. Though portions of two calls have been released, but only for the trial of the lone surviving terrorist, Zachariah Musawi, who was currently serving six life sentences without parole for his role in organizing this attack. The first of these calls is from Kevin Cosgrove. At number two, World Trade Center, right? Right. Lady, there's three of us in this office. We're not ready to die, but it's getting bad. Yes, yes, yes. I understand, sir. We can keep going past yes, yes, yes. all the apparatus there. I'm trying to let them know where you are. Oh, please, Lily. Fire Department, 408. 
collapsed. He was 46 years old. The only other call that was released for the trial was from Melissa Doy. It's a little over a four-minute excerpt of a 24-minute call. This is that call. Oh, 
Good morning. Have a good day. What's your number again, please? Oh, my God. I'm on the 83rd floor. 86 what? I'm on the 83rd floor. Now, I'm on the 86 what? 
the dispatchers tasked with talking to these victims were literally helpless in these situations. There was simply nothing that could be done other than try to bring some level of reassurance and calm to the people trapped. One of the things that is hardest for dispatchers knowing that at some point or at many points in your career, there will be people that no matter how or what you do, you won't be able to help them. This was the case in most of these calls placed that day. I put out a couple questions in various 911 groups asking other dispatchers what their day was like, no matter what city they were working in that day. These are some of their responses. I was working in the Toronto Comm Center teaching a class of brand new 911 call takers. It was their first day. We watched CNN in disbelief. We watched the Toronto Dispatch Center and Toronto officers go into heightened security mode due to the unknowns. It was surreal and frightening. As instructors, we tried to answer our students' concerns while having very limited info ourselves. To give them credit, every one of our new call takers returned for day two of training. Charlene Matthews. I was at my desk as one of the ECC administrators when the first plane hit. Went to the break room to watch the TV and saw the second plane hit. And at that point, I turned around and started making calls, seeing if we could get an officer posted at the ECC. Then it was all about checking in with on-duty folks to be aware. The phones were so quiet that day. We had an employee who had called out sick that day, but she called in asking to come to work because her dad worked in the second tower and she didn't want to be home alone if they called her. Ultimately, he had missed his bus or subway and wasn't in the towers, but it was hours before she found out. Some employees self-reported. Many called to see if they were needed. ECC folks are always amazing. Erica Wilson. I was working in central New Jersey. We had ambulance task force staged and ready to accept the large amount of patients that we believed would be transported by ferry to us. The local hospitals updated bed counts and were ready to accept patients. We did not get a single patient because the towers collapsed. It was eerily quiet and all we could do was listen to FDNY and NYPD all boroughs on the radio as they screamed for help. Every single open 911 cell call we got was possibly someone trapped. It was such a helpless feeling. We also had a large population of people that worked there and spent days and weeks entering them missing into NCIC. Karen Well Magnin. I was working in Canada and they put us all on lockdown immediately. No one was allowed to leave as they were landing large planes at small airports, concerned about who was on them and also didn't know if some of our landmarks were also a target. We wanted to load up on a bus and head to New York City just seven hours away to help, but we're told no. Our hearts sank for our USA neighbors and we felt so helpless. Andrea Gaynor. I was working 911 in Oklahoma. Things got crazy here. Fights in the street waiting to get gas because it would all be gone by the end of the day. We received numerous calls about it. Calls wanting to know if all the planes were accounted for. 
It was a day I will never forget. Dale Jones Griffin. As for me, getting to work and just driving in was different. Before then, around shift change, our gates would remain open so employees could come and go more easily. The gates were closed. Additional security was brought up to cover all entrances, in which they were thoroughly checking IDs to make sure no one with ill intent was let inside the building. I expected the night to be slow and relatively uneventful. I was wrong. This event that for weeks, months, and even years brought out the best in everyone volunteering to help and showing concern for their fellow Americans. But that afternoon, directly after the towers fell, every low-life scum with the slightest beef with anything called in threatening to do the same thing in other places. Bomb threats were commonplace that day. Threats on the government, on police officers, even on us dispatchers were made without a second thought. These pieces of filth were taking advantage of a terrible situation. We stood outside after work, talking extra long that night about the calls we took, about the events that had taken place in New York and other places, about what we thought our families would do without us if something like this had happened to us. None of us knew it at the time, but everyone working that day at any agency in any role changed a little People of all walks of life changed that day. Photojournalist David Hanshu was nearby when all this started to happen. In an interview with NBC News, he stated, I saw this big red fire truck, so I started following him. These are firefighters I've covered for years, and they were waving to me when they drove by. There were 11 firefighters on Rescue One that morning. All 11 of them died September 11th. They were in their own hearse going to their own funerals. They just didn't realize it yet. The dispatcher talking to Melissa Doy before the phone line went dead was asked to call her mother on a three-way call so Melissa could tell her one last time that she loved her. The phones were not equipped to do that. Melissa passed along her mother's name and phone number and asked if she could pass along one last message. Later that night, the dispatcher called Melissa's mother and relay the message. Tell my mother that I love her and that she's the best mom in the whole world. In total that day, 2,763 people were killed during the collapse of both towers. 2,192 civilians, 343 firefighters, and 71 law enforcement officers, as well as all the passengers and crew of the airplanes which included 147 civilians and 10 hijackers. This episode is dedicated to the bravery and ultimate sacrifice given by each first responder that day, as well as each and every police, fire, medic, and 911 dispatcher still on duty today. The both courage and ongoing strife you have to exhibit and endure every day makes every one of you nothing short of a hero. If you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and share with your friends family and any first responders you may know give us a nice review on apple Podcasts or spotify 
and come by and have a chat with us on Facebook on the Music City 911 podcast discussion group or on Twitter or Instagram where you can find us listed at Music City 911. And finally, consider supporting the show by going to www.patreon.com slash Music City 911.